0: From Nashville, Tennessee, it's the weekly Grace Church Nashville podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at GraceChurchNash and use the hashtag located in the podcast description. And now here's Linda Cooler with this week's message. I've got a word from the Lord the Lord has given me, but I feel like today I need to talk about fear because I think that's where we are. And I need to encourage you today watching... All over the uh, Middle Tennessee area, those of you watching us from outside the Middle Tennessee area, those watching from Georgia and different nations of the world, I understand there's plenty of reasons to be afraid. But let me tell you something. Let's put it in perspective and understand that every time you get in your car, you're six inches from dying. But you have no problem with that. You get on airplanes that shouldn't fly, friends. Those things weigh a lot of money. I mean, weigh a lot of weight. There's a lot of weight up there. They cost a lot of money and they weigh a lot. And you don't think twice about getting on the plane. You get on on railways. You get on uh, uh, trains and you travel. And all it takes is one track to be off. So you're risking it every day. So calm down. We're going to be okay. And here's the great thing with we Christians that should make the difference. We... uh, We're going to be with the Lord either way it goes, so we're good. We're good. But I want to read this to you. This is a really odd scripture, but man, it ends so wonderfully. And I want—I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah forty-one, verse one, with me. Coastlands, listen to me in silence, and let the peoples gain new strength. Let them come forward, then let them speak. Let us come together for judgment. Who has aroused the one from the east, whom he calls in righteousness to his feet? He delivers up nations before him and subdues kings. He makes them like dust with his sword. As the wind-driven chaff with his bow. He pursues them, passing on in safety. By a way he had not been traversing with his feet. Who has performed and accomplished it, calling forth generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and they have come. Each one helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. So the craftsman encourages the smelter. And he who smooths metal with the hammer encourages him who beats the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good. And he fastens it with nails that it should not totter. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descended from Abraham, my friend. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts And said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you, not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with the righteousness of my hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you won't find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. For I, the Lord your God, I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand and who says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. In this passage this morning, there are two commands and five reasons why we should be sitting and standing on a firm foundation. Isaiah 41.10, look at it and then see how the preceding verses intensify the point of this verse. There are two commands in this verse, not to fear, and five reasons to be fearless. Number one, fear not is the first command in the beginning of the verse. Then the second is, do not anxiously look about you. The RSV says, do not be dismayed. There's a lot of people anxiously looking about in America right now, unsure of what's coming next. It could get worse. It could get worse. As always in the Bible, there are reasons for commands. Commands don't just, aren't just given by God to hang in middle, midair with no basis in reality. If God commands you to do something, then you ought to do it because there's good reason that he commanded it. See, the power comes from understanding and believing those reasons. And here are at least five of them. Five reasons to be fearless. Number one. For I am with you. Middle Tennessee. America. Nations of the world. Believers. Followers of Christ. Is he with you or is he not? He said I am with you. Don't fear. Second. I am your God. So don't anxiously look about you. Because I'm your God. And because I'm your God. Number three. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you in the righteous right hand. Restated, these five reasons for being fearless are God is with me. God is my God. God will strengthen me. God will help me and God will uphold me. Ah! When God calls you to be free from fear... He's calling you to be free from fear as you do evangelism, as you take a test, as you face an interview, as you stand against unjust business practices, as you leave a secure position in risk and take a risk on a new venture. When you face an operation or a treatment that you dread, when you face coronavirus, when you lose a spouse or a friend, God calls you to be free from fear. To overcome this natural emotion and have peace. It's natural to to be afraid. But we're not natural, we're supernatural. He does not leave this commandment hanging in air. He gives you reasons that create foundations. That's the nature of all biblical commands. They come with divine support. If he says, fear not, he's saying it because God's with you. If he says fear not, he's saying because God is your God. Fear not, God will strengthen you. Fear not, because God will help you. Fear not, because God will uphold you. So the key to overcoming fear is resting on the rock of the promises of God. So look at me, with me for a minute at these verses leading up to verse 10 and see how they intensify. The promise of your foundation. God not only says have a foundation. He intensifies its purpose. If the key to fearlessness is believing that God is your God. And he's with you. And he'll strengthen you and help you and uphold you. And knowing the greatness of God. God will intensify your faith in this hour. To be fearless. There are four pictures here I want to show you of God's greatness. Look at these pictures that Isaiah gives us. Picture number one, the judge of all the earth. We're leading up to verse 10. Ready? Isaiah 41 1. God says, Coastlands, listen to me in silence and let the people gain new strength. Let them come forward. Let them speak. Let us come, let them come together for judgment. Let us come together for judgment. Here's a picture of God calling all the coastlands and all the people to gird up all their strength and come before him for judgment. Now, you're, going, you're preaching on judgment. No, no get this. Isaiah 41.10 says he's the judge of all the earth. So he calls all the nation to give an account. Look at this. All nations for their lives, their religions, and their thoughts. He's not called into account. He is not on trial. They are. They come into his courtroom. He's the judge. And he will pass sentence on every person. That's the God who is with you. That's the one who will strengthen you and help you. The one at one point in history is going to call all the nations into judgment in every person. And he will not be judged. All America right now in the world, Western society may be judging God and going, well, God did this and God. But trust me, friend, the day is coming when every one of you watching this streaming, live streaming today are going to stand before the judge of all. And he's going to be the one judging. So the one that we're putting our trust in is not some wimpy, pansy, elected official. Right, right. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying all elected officials are pansy. Picture number two. He's the ruler of all rulers. I don't think anybody understands that. Who has aroused the one from the east? Probably Cyrus. He's talking about the king of Persia that God stirred up to come against Babylon, whom God calls in righteousness to his feet. He delivers up the nations before him and subdues kings. He makes them like dust with his sword and wind-driven chaff with his bow. This picture of God rousing a king and leading him in conquest and delivering up nations before him. So the God of Isaiah 41.10, the ruler of all rulers of history, controls. Get this straight right now in this coronavirus moment. God controls the affairs of men Amen. and nations for his purposes. Amen. <laughs> Did God bring this? No. But I'm telling you, he's in control. Yes, he is. And this gives us the foundation to be fearless. My, my dad's bigger than your dad. I remember some years ago, someone called me, told me they had cancer and they were in great fear. Words like cancer bring fear. And that's a natural reaction to a disease. It's natural. When you hear coronavirus and, and, you know, we don't know, honestly. I mean, come on. We're we're civilians here. I mean, we don't know the inner workings, the backroom discussions. We don't know. We don't know if it's more serious or less serious. Hence, everybody's hoarding. We don't know. And just in case we're gonna just prop ourselves up. But let me tell you something, friend. When when my good friend called me and said they had cancer, and that it had it had when they found it it had already begun to move aggressively. I remember the strangest thing I said to them, and I almost felt bad saying it because it sounded like I didn't care. I said, So If you don't get healed from this, what's going to happen? They said, well, I'm going to die. And I said, and after you die, what's going to happen? I said, you're going to be with the Lord. And Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And nobody likes the thought of dying. I don't. I want to live a long time. But truly, as believers, we have nothing to fear. We're going to be with Jesus no matter what. And when we start undoing this fear that the enemy brings, the enemy loves the palpable fear that is in the nation and in the world right now. Because he operates in the realm of fear. But God operates in the realm of faith. As a matter of fact, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. So, the question is this Are you going to let the enemy rule with fear? Or are you going to muster your faith? I'm giving you reasons to have faith today and be fearless. Number three picture number three. I love this. God is Yahweh, the uncreated first. Isaiah 41.4 says, Who has performed and accomplished it, calling forth generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first. And with the last, I am He. Here's a picture of God not only judging the nations and ruling the rulers of the earth and calling the earth into being, but calling forth generations from the beginning. God is the first. He's absolute reality before all other reality. And every other reality depends on him. He's the first and uncreated. (laughs) And he will be there with the last when it's all accomplished according to his purpose. When God answers, I'm the Lord, I'm the first. The word Lord is Jehovah or Yahweh. (laughs) One scholar commenting on this verse says this. It's the full meaning of the name Jehovah which is unfolded here. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm I'm getting happy. For God is called Jehovah as absolute I. The absolute free being pervading all history yet above all history as who is Lord of his own absolute being in revealing which he is purely self-determined. In a word, (laughs) as unconditionally free and unchangeably eternal personality, that is Jehovah. That's the God of Isaiah 41.10 who strengthens, helps, and upholds his people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ought to shout right now, right there. It's a good place. (laughs) Picture number four. The God who chose his own people. He didn't just get something. You know, a a lot of times people go, "I, I just don't know if I'm saved or not. If the Lord loves me, I'm just not sure. You know, the fact that you're asking that question probably means you are. Because a heathen who doesn't know Christ out there is not asking that question. I mean, a good old fashioned sinner is not for a second going, I wonder if I'm right with God. They're not asking that question. It's only those of us who know him that value our relationship so much that we wonder at times, am I pleasing him? I want to make sure I'm, a better way to say that is, am I right with God or does God love me? Is, wait a minute, am I a pleasing son is the question you should be asking. Not, am I right with God or does God love me? Because he chose. In Isaiah 5 through 7, I'm about to shout. It shows us the desperate attempts of the nations. Boy, this is so apropos for the moment. The desperate attempts that nations are trying to persuade themselves that they and their gods are strong. We are watching in this moment the God of financial security waver on his throne. And people are trembling. But God has promised his people that he'll be their provider. You don't understand what's going to happen with my job. I work for the airline industry. Well, you don't understand the God who's your God, who chose you. I mean, are you chosen or are you not? I think what this moment's going to do is either we're going to stand up and be the people of God or we're going to wimp out. Don't be a wimp. I mean, come on. Just stand up and realize, I don't know how. I don't know when, but I know God's going to take care of it. God's got this. Isaiah, these nations are trying to persuade themselves that they're they're gods and everything. They're afraid and they come together. They try to encourage one another. Don't be afraid, just be strong. Verse seven, the idol makers who smooth out metal and nail up idols with nails try to encourage each other when they build a new idol. Hey, it's smooth, it's good. We can worship here. In other words, this is a picture, oh, I'm about to shout, of the unprecedented nations desperately trying to convince themselves that their self-made gods are adequate to their needs. In the middle of this desperation and self-reliance and idolatry, God says to his people in verses 8 and 9, But you are Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, descended from Abraham, my friend, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the remotest parts and said to you, You are my servant. I've chosen you and not rejected you. In verses one through nine, this is a picture of the God who judges nations, rules rulers, (laughs) calls nations into being and chooses a people for himself, calling them from the hopeless distance that they've been living from him and taking for them his as his servants. This is what God has done for us in Jesus. He chose us. He chose us. From before the foundations of the world. He called us. Right there in your living room, right now, just put your finger in the middle of your chest and go, He called me. He called me out of darkness. He called me. He called me out of death into light. He called me. He knows my name. And he took for us for himself to be his. <laughs> and to make himself. Our God. And these pictures fortify my foundation. All of this gives me a foundation to be fearless. In verse 10, it says the God who judges all the earth, who calls coastlands to give an account. The God who rules the rulers of history. The God who calls nations of the earth into being. He is first. He is last. And the God who calls his own people and makes himself, makes himself their God so freely and graciously. That's the God who says to us, who believe, I'm your God, I'm with you, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you. And now here comes the command. And here's the command. So therefore, because I'm the judge of all nations and because I rule all the rulers of history and because... I call all nations into being and because I chose you freely for my own and because I am this great sovereign God, I am your God, I am with you, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you, therefore, do not fear. Look at it this way. Here's a different way to look at it. I'm your God, that means I'm over you. I am with you, that means I'm by your side. I will strengthen you from the inside of you. I will help you all around you. From when whatever direction the enemy tries to come, I will uphold you from underneath you. So I'm over you, by you, inside you, around you and underneath you, so do not fear. <laughs> Now, the final reason for our fearlessness is this. God. He's my God. He's with me. He'll strengthen me. He'll help me. He'll uphold me. So stop defining your... Let me say this to you. Stop defining and limiting your future in terms of your past. And start defining it in terms of your God. God is greater than your personality. He's greater than your experiences. He's greater than your timidity. He's greater than your family of origin. And that God calls us to be joyfully fearless. It's irreverent to have joy in the middle of this moment. No, it's insane not to. I really believe that the situation that the coronavirus has put us in has two purposes. Number one, two, three, four years ago, the Lord gave me a word for this church. And he said, the Lord says, I'm shaking the bed trying to get you to wake up. And you keep rolling back over because it's so comfortable. He who has ears, let him hear that the Lord is trying to wake you up, saints of God. To prepare you to be a place of peace, my, 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 and fearlessness in the face of trouble. See, it's not normal for us to hoard food and walk in fear. What the people of God do, Larry, was it? uh, It was when the Roman Empire fell, the strongest empire in the world, when it fell. The Romans ran for the hills in fear. They were scared to death because this great disease and plague was killing thousands of thousands of people. Do you know what the people of God, the children of God, the saints of God, the, the one who have the, the fearless ones, the one who served the Lord God Jehovah. Somebody said, I'm not here yet. I Trust me, it's already in you. It'll rise at the right moment. Yeah. They didn't leave the city. They stayed in the middle of the plague and prayed for the sick and dying and buried the dead. And because of that, they turned the heart of the ruler to go, you know what? Whatever they have, I need. Church, it's our time to shine. Is this a grave moment? Yeah. Is it a moment that we can be fearful? Absolutely. Am I, do I love all the uncertainty? No. Am I immune to fear? Not at all. But as Amber saying a while ago, I refuse to be a slave to fear any longer. Are you getting tired of one crisis after another? Well, let me just tell you, God's trying to prepare the church and wake it up. And the second thing I believe he's doing is preparing us for the future. Now, this is not going to be a happy word, so... If you're if you're just a come around Jesus because he's cool kind of guy, this may this may cause you to jump off the boat. But I'm not. This is the only boat afloat. The Church of Jesus Christ is the only place that's not sinking. God, in this moment of this virus, is trying to prepare us for the future. As we get nearer to the coming of Jesus, the Bible says there's going to be trouble and uncertainty on every hand. And don't take this as a as a condescending word, and I know we're in the middle of fear, I get it. But I, I ask myself this question Lindell, if you can't handle this situation, how in the world are you gonna handle what may be coming? How are you gonna handle it? We, the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ, that come from every color, every race, every tribe, and every nation, we're called to run to trouble and, and put those who are perishing and pull them from danger and share eternal life with them. We're not called to succumb to fear, the fear that the world falls into. We're not called to run to the comfort of another roll of toilet paper. We're standing on the rock, and this rock is unmovable. And we're full of faith and trust in our Savior. And we're not afraid to lose our lives. Because we've lost it already. Because the life we now live is Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. For more information about Grace Church, you can visit us online at gracechurchnashville.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grace Church Nash. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.